Are you walking a hard but beautiful journey? Are you sitting in a space that you never thought you'd be? Have you experienced infertility, a miscarriage, adoption? Or are you parenting kids with a behavioral disability? Have these struggles put unbearable strains on your relationships? Or have you struggled with your mental health? I have experienced all of this. My husband and I struggled with infertility and fought for our three beautiful children, our miracles. We went through the struggles, the pain, and the financial burden of IVF in order to have these incredible children. And that journey was so freaking hard. We felt like failures and we felt alone in our struggle. And now, all three of our children have been diagnosed with ADHD, ODD, and anxiety disorders. And if possible, that has been even more challenging. Again, we have felt alone, confused, like we were bad parents, like we were being judged at every turn. It has tested our marriage. It has broke me many times to the point of two complete mental breakdowns. So, if you are experiencing this, please know you are not alone. That's why I've created this safe space for you, so that we can together find the education, resources, support, mentorship, inspiration, and more that we need to grow on this hard yet beautiful journey. Because at the end of it all, I wouldn't trade a second of what I went through because these children, our marriage, our family, and my mental health is worth fighting for. I'm also here to remind you that telling your story is part of the journey. Someone in your life, someone in the world needs to hear it, and I will be encouraging you along the way to tell your story. I'm Tiffany Vaughn. I'm so grateful you're here. It's time to walk your own hard, beautiful journey. Hey there, welcome back to Hard Beautiful Journey. This is Tiffany Vaughn and you are here for episode 14. On today's episode, I am talking with Erica Kronstel. Erica is an occupational therapist or OT for short. And today we are going to be discussing a topic that I had heard nothing about up until about a year ago. And it is called interoception. And it is such a interesting discussion that I just want to dive in right now and get talking about it. So without further ado, here is my interview with Erica. Today on the podcast, I have Erica Kronstel, who is a OT therapist. Well, I guess it's actually occupational therapist. Yeah. And she is from Stepping Stones and she is actually the parent of Colton, who is in Ryder's class. And she actually works with Ryder as well. He, she is his OT therapist. And I have Erica here to talk about a concept that I had never heard about until last year when we started doing more work with Ryder. And that is interoception. And I can't wait to dive into this topic because it is, I had never heard of it. And it is so intriguing. So mm -hmm. the first thing that I actually would like you to do, Erica, is describe what an OT does. What is an OT? Starting with the big question. The big one, yeah. What is an OT? Nobody knows what an OT is. 
So the easiest way to uh, to describe what occupational therapy do is just to look at the root word of occupy and what occupies your time. From the time you wake up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night, what are all the things that you need to do during your day? So whether that's go to your job, um, if you have volunteer activities that you do, extracurricular activities that you do, if it's being a parent and taking care of your children, whatever those things are, an occupational therapist's job is to help you be able to do those things. And so if you've sustained an injury or you have any type of disability that might get in the way of you being able to do the things that you need to do during your day, then occupational therapy addresses all that. So for children, the big things are going to school, playing, maybe doing extracurricular activities, sleeping and eating are the big things in their day. And you have been working with Ryder for about two months now, but you were, you've been involved in our journey from the beginning. I've asked you a lot of questions and um, which has been very helpful. And then um, recently you talked about interoception. And so could you go through what interoception is? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, what's cool about how all this started was I didn't know you guys as clients. I just knew you as friends and -hmm. um, and friends of Colton for a long time. I think they started at day home Mm -hmm. way back when. And then they were in kindergarten together, grade one and now grade two. And, and they've also always been involved in the same sports in the community too, baseball and hockey. And so I only knew, you know, only knew Ryder in in that way, you know, not as his therapist and, and really, you know, what all his challenges were, what goals that he needed to work on. But um, I think this, uh, this conversation first came up in the stands at the hockey rink. Yep. And you had been saying something about that day and how things were going at school and a meeting that you had had. And I'm like, no, I don't know Ryder really well, but from what I know about him, I feel like, you know, this is an area that he maybe could really benefit from. And I know you perked right up. You're like, wow, I've never heard that before. You know, we've worked with a lot of people, you know, we've done everything to try to help our kids, right? You've been everywhere from A to Z, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and this is um, a new concept. And it's not that anybody necessarily like missed picking up on that or missed even telling you about that it's new it's Mm -hmm. all um and that's what's really exciting about it it's very new research but it is being researched it's being studied and there's studies being done on it and through that you know they're coming out with curriculum and and activities and and it's it's kind of a you know a cutting edge thing in uh, therapy right now and something that's really been missing and i can see that through my career is it where, where this gap was of, of what was missing. So. Yeah. So back to the rink, I think I Googled it like immediately, didn't I? Like as we were sitting there, I'm like, no, I need to know exactly what this is right now. Yeah. Yeah. So let's define what is interoception. So I think that, you know, for years and years in therapy, therapists, educators, parents, tried to teach children about emotions and feelings. And typically how this was done was holding up a flashcard, somebody smiling, well, they're happy. You know, and this facial expression, somebody's frowning, well, they're sad. You know, this person's angry. And I think that is very, that doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of children. It doesn't make sense to a lot of adults either. We don't all show emotions on our face that way, the same way that 
the picture card would display, you know, mm-hmm. we're very good at hiding our feelings on our face. Yeah. Right. And so, and then, but then also, so like, that's for like for children to recognize maybe other people's feelings. But when you're talking about recognizing your own feelings, you know, do I feel happy? Do I feel angry? Do I feel sad? Do I feel frustrated or excited? It's, you're not looking at your own face and you're not seeing that, right? So instead in interoception, what we're teaching children to do is to recognize what's happening inside their body internally. And so this can be things like, you know, how do I feel? You know, do I feel tired? Do I feel hungry? Do I feel like I need to go to the bathroom? But also, and what I, what I see a lot of children mostly working on right now is understanding what does my body feel like on the inside when I'm feeling like some intense feelings, I'm feeling angry or, or, you know, really sad or, you know, some of these, these big feelings that kids will have and, and needing to know, to learn how to recognize how that feels inside their body. So, and, and what's confusing about teaching this and working with kids through this is that everybody feels that different. Every child feels that different. A parent is going to feel anger differently than their kid is going to. And so you might not relate on that. Like you might not be able to understand what's going on in their body and what their warning signs are. So, you know, you know maybe if you're starting to feel angry, you're, you start to get a headache or a tense spot in your head, or maybe your jaw gets tense. Maybe your, your tummy feels nauseous. Maybe your heart starts to beat faster. That looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, what um, what are some of the? I know you've been working with Ryder for the last couple months on this, and so what are some of the activities that you did with Ryder to help him with the his feelings? Mm-hmm. So we actually started working on something that's called the interoception curriculum which is uh, research uh, that's being done by a lady in the States named Kelly Mailer. And um, the curriculum is amazing. It's set up so easy. And I haven't met a kid yet who doesn't love it. So it's set up that you go through 16 different body parts in different lessons, but you start with body parts that are more external to your body, where it's easier for kids to to sense and understand what's going on, but also for us as adults to be able to see what's going on with the child. So we started with hands and fingers, feet and toes, eyes, ears, taste. That was a really fun one with Ryder. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> so it's like, and, and so then, so for each of these body parts, there's science experiments. And so we're basically doing experiments with our body. And then there's visuals that you set out to help guide the child in um, giving them some choices of how that body part might feel. So for, yeah, for the taste one, for the mouth, um, it was things like to take a sip of a carbonated drink or like pop rockets in your mouth, or yeah. <laughs> we did a lemon, we did a lemon shot challenge with like straight lemon juice. And, um, and it's, and you know, some kids will hate all of that, hate yeah. it. They're so sensitive to it. Right. Yeah. But Ryder loved it. <laughs> he's like, he's a, a sensory seeker when it comes to those things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, and it's, and so going through this curriculum, it's, um, you know, it gives us chances to talk about that we're different and we're unique. And, you know, Ryder likes to drink a carbonated drink, but I don't. And so I said to him, no, I won't take a drink of that. I don't like that. And, but that's okay because we're all different, right? And our bodies all 
work different. There's things that we like, there's things that we don't like. You know, when we do the lesson on ears, it gives us a chance to talk to the kid about things like that they might be sensitive to in mm-hmm. terms of sounds. And, and a lot of times that's a big challenge with going to school or going to sports and extracurricular activities is that it's loud. It's a loud environment, right? Which makes it very different from home. Mm-hmm. And so if our ears are sensitive, then, then that's a challenge. And then, yeah, say we're at school and everybody around us is, you know, making a lot of noise and we're trying to concentrate on something, we might start to feel angry because mm-hmm. we're getting frustrated by what's happening around us. And then, so, and then like intertwined with this interoception curriculum, we're always talking about sensory and emotional regulation. So what does it feel like for our body to, to feel calm and collected? And that's the state that we all want to be in, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's where we're best able to take in everything from our environment and we're best able to learn is if we're completely regulated. And as adults, we're trying to constantly find ways to regulate ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And our children um, sometimes need more help with that. So what are the what are the things that I need to do for my body so that I can feel like I'm in a like a calm and collected state? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I know Ryder, one of his one of the strategies we use for him quite often to calm him down is rubbing his back or rubbing his head. So what does that in interoception mean to for him? Does that mean that like what does that mean? in his body. Yeah. So, so in terms of like for sensory regulation, that's what we call the proprioceptive sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's seeking more deep pressure through his muscles and his joints and, and that's very calming. Right. Mm-hmm. So then, so the times in the day where you need to do that for him, you need to rub his back or you need to rub his head. Um, so what interoception teaches is, for him to start to recognize the signs in himself when he needs that extra deep pressure. So Mm -hmm. I'm getting upset about something. Maybe I know I'm getting upset about something because my head hurts or maybe my tummy hurts, or I just feel like there's anger, you know, stirring up inside me or whatever that looks like. And, and so for him to learn to recognize that and then to teach him the tools and the strategies of how he can start to give himself that. Mm-hmm. Does that and, make sense? Yeah, for sure. Because because it, it's like if mom is there, that's great. But then we're going to go lots of places in life where these things are going to happen and mom's not going to be there, right? Right, right? So for lots of adults, that's gum chewing. Uh, proprioceptive seekers are big gum chewers. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see adults in the workplace that, you know, still chew on their pen or chew on their coffee stir stick. Mm-hmm. Is one that you often see. So, yeah, diff- different ways. There's that. ways that adults also seek deep pressure and have found, I guess, socially appropriate ways of giving themselves that. Right. Well, I was wondering why, um, now that you say that, why Dylan <laughs> chews off the end of every pencil that we own. Yeah. Yeah. Is that why? That's that. Yeah. That's that proprioceptive seeking and mm-hmm. seeking. So it's, Basically, like you can you can seek that through all the muscles and joints in your body. And for young children, it's often done orally. And so, yeah, putting things in your mouth and chewing on things. He'll probably he'll turn out to be a gum chewer, you know, and it's and it's a strategy that we start with kids from a young age. My son, huge sensory seeker. 
and he's been chewing gum since kindergarten and every teacher has allowed him to bring gum to school um, mm-hmm. as long as he can follow the rules and use it appropriately. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a very, um, yeah, a very effective strategy for him. That's good to know because lately Ryder has been really into chewing gum as well and mm-hmm. wanting to do it at school. And I was like, well, you can't chew gum in school, I don't think. So, but I can always ask your teacher. So that's good to know because he. I've never had a teacher yet that refuses it. If you explain that it's it's for their sensory seeking and it's to help regulate them, and Mm -hmm. and as long as they can follow the rules of Mm -hmm. gum chewing, Mm -hmm. so it stays in your mouth. You don't touch it with your fingers, especially now in you know our new COVID world. We don't want be spreading germs around like that. And when you're done with it, it goes in the garbage, not at the bottom of your chair, (laughs) or in your belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if somebody wanted to start doing this, can they do it themselves using um, the program that Kelly has, or do you recommend seeing an OT person? (laughs) You can. I don't. I do not believe the curriculum says that it has to be administered by a therapist. I could check that. Um, Some like assessments or curriculums will say something like that. But I, what, what I do for a lot of families is just get them set up and rolling and, and then they go ahead and do the, like some of the lessons themselves. And it's, mm-hmm. it's set up very easy. It's very easy to follow. But then the other thing that like, if somebody's not, doesn't have, you know, occupational therapy for their child and, and they're just, you know, interested in the idea and want to kind of get started with it. I think the easiest way to start is what we call uh, I statements. And that's just modeling for ourselves because we don't necessarily know what's going on in the child's body. So just starting to model it ourselves, like saying, I, w- I was working with a client one day and we, he was, he was very dysregulated. So we were walking outside and uh, he wanted to play a wizard game, but we needed staff. So we had to get a stick from down in this ditch. And he said to me, he said, I, I, I can't go down to that ditch because I'm feeling too nervous. So he says, you go down to the ditch to get the stick. I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's also making me feel nervous to go down to the stitch to get the stick. I don't know if there's water in there, if I'm going to get my feet wet, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then I just started modeling some I statements of, you know, I'm starting to feel nervous and my my palms are getting sweaty and my, you know, my jaw is feeling tense. And uh, he sat there for a couple minutes. I think it took him a couple minutes to process and then he piped up and uh, he said, uh, he said, I feel really sweaty. Oh. He's like, I feel really sweaty when I'm nervous. My face feels sweaty. Mm-hmm. And everybody was just blown away that he was even able to tell us that. Mm-hmm. And then come, to, we start doing some more digging into it. And, and I see this in kids a lot is they have difficulty regulating their temperature. And as soon as you start to run on hot, and start to feel like you're flustered and you're hot, it's even more difficult to regulate yourself, to try to get mm-hmm. yourself to calm down. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, so I think just sometimes just modeling those I statements in yourself, like, you know, I'm starting to feel angry. There's lots of times in everybody's family where people are starting to feel angry, right? <laughs> and so just saying like, you know, mom is starting to feel angry and, you know, I'm starting to get a headache or my tummy's feeling sore 
or I feel like I need to just stop and take some deep breaths or so just so modeling that to our kids. And then it's amazing sometimes the insights that they'll come out with and things mm-hmm. that they'll start saying about their own body. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, since he's been working with you, he's um, told us that his, his tummy is feeling a certain way or that, you know, his, like he's, he's feeling hot and he wasn't doing that before. So it definitely has taught him to use different language around how his body is feeling, which has been really encouraging for Mm -hmm. sure. And Um, that's so, that's so powerful to be able to explain that message to an adult who is then able to help you figure out what do I do about that? mm -hmm. Well, and and it, it helps them in the school environment too, to say how they're feeling, but in that regard, do the schools have, is this part of what they're learning as well? Or is this something so new that they haven't really been introduced to this concept yet? I just, I I think that this whole area is very new and, and unfamiliar to a lot of people. So mostly in my experience, yeah, people, school staff are just hearing about it and just learning about it. But I think if we can work with children on like you said, being able to verbalize that and express those feelings and be able to go to school and say that to the teacher, say that to their aide, then that's, it's, that's so powerful. Mm-hmm, for sure. Is there any specific resources in addition to Kelly that you would recommend for people that want to look into this more? There are a couple of Facebook um, sites. I think if you just search in interoception, I think sometimes that's an easy way for people to just follow along and get information. and as you see posts or somebody talking about something, then it starts to, to make sense of, you know, sort of what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And where can we find you? Well, I am at otsteppingstones at gmail.com or on Facebook and Instagram. If you search Stepping Stones Occupational Therapy for Children, mm-hmm. and I'm based out of Turner Valley. So mm-hmm. I work with uh, mostly local families and Okotoks, High River in families in the foothills. Mm-hmm. But you right. also have a Very lot of good info on your Facebook page and your Instagram pages with some some good yeah. OT tips and stuff to try with yeah. your kids. So I'm yeah, that was kind of a fun. The social media thing was a fun thing that I got into when I was on my third maternity leave, and um, it's been fun. I was like, when I was on maternity leave, I had a lot more time to dedicate to it, but. I still try to, you know, put the odd post on there to share an idea or a resource. And then, you know, sometimes just to share other things that I see. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you just started a preschool. Like what else yeah. are you doing? <laughs> preschool program. It's it's a lot of fun. And I mostly did that because my daughter is preschool age and the preschool here in town, as you know, shut down. There's a couple of good options that have come up now, which is amazing. Uh, but at the time I saw a need and I thought I would just respond to that. And we have a, a therapy studio in the base that we've built in the basement of our house. So I'm able to use that space to see clients, but then have also now converted that space into a preschool program. So and how's it's, that going? Um, it's fun for me. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Got seven kids and they're just amazing. And it's such a breath of fresh air. It's uh, it's the least stressful part of my job, like the least stressful part of my week. So I just love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good decision. Thank you so much for this. And I am going to go and look 
for those Facebook groups now because I did not know that those existed. So I'm mm -hmm. going to go and sign up for a few of those. So thank you so much for your time today and going through all that. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Well, and thank you for, I just want to say thanks for um, doing this podcast because I haven't been able to keep up with all the episodes, but the ones that I have listened to have, yeah, they, they're amazing. And I think that it's, it's so important to get people talking and I've recommended your podcast to lots of the families that I work with. And I know that they will, um, in a lot of ways, see themselves in a lot of your stories. And, uh, and I think that's, a, yeah, it's a great way to, you know, get people talking about some of these important things that go on with our challenging kiddos. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you again. If you would like to learn more about interoception, I will have links in my show notes and on my blog that go into more detail on this topic. And I will also have links to Erica's information as well, where you can find her on Facebook, on Instagram, and on the web. Thank you again for being here. I appreciate your time as always. And make sure you check out my blog because I am putting lots of good content on there in addition to the transcript from each of my episodes, I'm also including some photos and some videos of things that pertain to the episode that I'm talking about. And that can be found on my website at www.tiffanyvon.ca. You can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram. I also wanted to let you know that I have started a private Facebook group called Hard Beautiful Journey. And I would love if you would join us and hang out. We are going to be sharing some of our own stories and just having a safe space for everyone to connect. I look forward to meeting you in there. Thanks again for being here. And until next time, be kind and stay well. Bye-bye.